0: Well, hello, everybody. It's another edition of microphone therapy. <laughs> I don't know what
1: else to say. Hey, here we go. This is what we're doing. Is uh, what we're right here. It's
0: another edition of uh, uh, <laughs> microphone therapy. <laughs> that was a terrible, terrible, terrible version. Uh, third chair. Joe, how are you guys doing?
1: Uh, I'm I don't okay. Who fucking cares? Shut I, up. Give, I don't give a shit. Yeah. You guys are doing good. Martin Luther Mike. Yeah. Do I really need to com- complain about my body pains? Everybody's got Junior,
0: vitamins. Uh yeah. I uh I've had a I've had like a stomach thing for the last again for the last 2 weeks yeah. or whatever. No, do it, the, do it in the uh what's his name? In the oh, pooper. Do do it, the, do the it in that voice. Oh. Norm McDonald. Yeah, dude. Oh. Uh, I've had a, a a stomach problem. Yeah. Second <laughs> you... uh second too much
1: cock. <laughs> like yeah. uh, like Catan over there. Like uh like that gay guy Katan. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I watch, I I <laughs> When I'm trying to do stuff, I'll put on a filler movie just so I have something entertaining. Like uh, Dirty couch, Work, one of my great fucking movies.
0: Today's Adam Sandler guest? in a Devil Costume. <laughs> Today's,
2: burn, burn. Today's guest, Drew Barrymore. And Chris yeah. Farley.
1: Chris Farley, where he's Drew missing Barrymore. part of his nose. He goes, this is where the Saigon whore bit my nose off. That's the in your <laughs> ass.
0: You, know. you don't want to fuck with fucking that guy. Fucking whales. He's fucking Chris Farley.
1: Farley. <laughs> That's kicking your ass. So... <laughs> There One movie goes. that does has not that has aged well and it's still fucking great, and I Debbie don't care what Dallas. anybody says. Night at the Roxbury. That was that was my second. I guess. fucking love that movie. I just <laughs> put it on again the other day. I put it on as a filler while I was doing something else. There was a right on the tip of my tongue. <laughs>
2: I broke the window again.
1: I ended up watching the whole fucking movie again. And my sons came out and they sat down and watched it with me too. It, that movie still holds up from start to finish. It's a hilarious goddamn movie. You notice how he always goes to his sons? He's like, my sons liked it. It must be still good.
2: Well, because... But you he know, forced they, them
0: to watch it. Well... <laughs> He's like, get in here,
2: you little bastards.
1: <laughs> I do that with Star Trek. I'll I think, make him watch... I'll make him watch I think
0: that mostly because he, he gauges... He gauges movies using his sons because he's reflecting back. Like I found this funny. If they don't find this funny, I'll kill them. Yeah. I'll, first and foremost, but I want them to enjoy what I enjoy and I need to, and, and he's trying to figure out their level of how far he can push them into liking certain movies that he likes. So if he he's puts self-gratifying. something, on, Dude,
1: they like Star Trek. I you're got, self- they fucking like Star Joe, Trek, man,
2: you're self gratifying yourself with your children.
1: And look, we're only in the second season of Star Trek, the next generation, but they're, they're still at the point where they go, We missed the original Star Wars. We missed, we missed Kirk and Spock. <laughs> and I'm like, Okay. And you're like, I'm i amazing. said, Just keep watching. The second season of Next Generation has a writer's strike going on. But he's on, so but happy because. Wait now, till we get to the Borg episode. Everything's going to be He's so happy because awesome. they're saying
2: they missed some Trekkie thing. Yeah. And like, oh, We want to get back to the original. What's
1: happening? Well, here's the thing with he's them. A yes. It's. it's if they can actually sit down and enjoy something that's from before they were born, knowing that they watch fucking meme shit all the time, TikTok videos, YouTube gamer bullshit that is just rambling, like someone playing a game just screaming the whole time. If they can watch that shit and then come and actually enjoy the stuff that I'm watching, then I know that there's certain quality in certain things still because something just said is let me assimilate my children into my psyche.
0: Yeah but i think it's cool that he's introducing them to movies and seeing engaging whether they like it or not and if they like it then he's got that you know i've got this in common because when he was married and he was working all the time he didn't get that interaction as much with his kids mm-hmm. as he wanted and he's been talking about this for years on the show where he feels that he needs to connect with his children before they're out and gone and it's and i i completely I completely agree with it. It's now like, it now
2: absolutely it sounds totally awesome. Fucking thing. Yeah, it was always totally awesome. But you know the weird the weirdest, weirdest part balancing.
1: is that even though I was there for my kids every single day, he's realizing his kids aren't assholes. <laughs> there's, there's, they, a, there's a line. They have a tendency a to be think, assholes. Yeah. They aren't so, assholes. Um, the whole time I was married. I didn't bond with my children. I was there every day taking care of them. I was changing the diapers. I was doing stuff with them, you know, playing with them and watching movies and other things, working, but I didn't bond with them. I didn't fall in love with my children as a parent until after my divorce. Yeah. Because I was so focused on just keeping the family together, being with a drug addict and all the shit that she was doing. it It's a weird thing. So it's almost like um, I'm not trying to make up for lost time because you can't ever get that back. But it's just it's made me look at things a certain way where I know that the time is limited and right. that I need to enjoy this before it's gone because they're almost gone dude i mean they're they're already my my son kendrick who's 15 he's got a girlfriend now and they're already seeing each other a lot i'm giving you poo poo but i totally i totally Mm. see where you're coming from
2: and i missed the time with my son because i was the drug addict Mm -hmm. and his mom had to take him away from me and raise him and his brother because i was out of control Mm. so uh i was your wife that's weird right maybe we get married next i don't know (laughs) Just, I mean, if no. I propose to you, please don't make it awkward at a Dodgers game, right? No. I don't, why would it be a Dodgers game? Why? Because I'm a Dodgers fan. At Giants, uh, uh, a Giants Dodgers game. Yeah, Giants Dodgers <laughs> game. Okay, I'm not going to take you to San Francisco if I'm going to pro- propose to you, right?
0: There you go.
1: Yeah, I, I don't want to go to a Dodgers Giants game up here because it seems like Dodgers fans get stabbed. Well, by the fuck Giants you, fans then fuck you then,
0: bitch. <laughs> yeah, because, because going to a Giants Dodgers game down in LA doesn't mean you won't get beaten half to death.
1: No, seriously, though. Beaten I, and stabbed are two different things. The
0: I do totally, got beaten half to death and trampled. I totally get where you're coming from, and I'm, and I'm getting They were trying to beat awful. the
1: rush hour traffic.
0: No, they weren't. They were trying to They were trying to <laughs> that's beat That's why Dodger fans the, always the guy, leave during
1: the seventh inning stretch. The guys
0: last night was probably rushed, and that's what they thought. And just beat the rush. Beat the rush.
1: See, the thing is, is that you don't need to leave during the seventh inning stretch. You actually could just stay through the whole game, because now everybody else has already fucking left. You get to enjoy the rest of the game. And you just take your time. Nobody leaves
0: during the seventh inning stretch except for the ones that want to get the fuck out of there.
1: They're not real fans.
0: Exactly.
2: Uh, yeah. River Cats game, seven, seventh inning stretch. I'm out. Have you
1: been to a River Cats game? I had a box seat yeah. once for the River Cats. Whose box? <laughs> it what, was what for was the Sacramento Bee. No shit. They had their own because when I worked at Mazda Subaru and I had the used car department, I dealt with the yeah. advertising. And so. The, the, the rep who I dealt with on a daily, on a weekly basis... They gave me two free tickets So me and the future ex-wife We went there And I bought her A, a, a brisket sandwich You know Yeah uh, She enjoyed it I didn't I don't eat beef So I couldn't have that But Well the thing I learned though Is I didn't know I thought when you got Like one of those special boxes That it was just for you And the person That you're inviting No you're sharing I didn't know That there's like Fucking 40 other people That are sharing to be there 40 would be a lot <laughs> So when we got there All the hot dogs Had already been eaten up and, Yeah And all the other free food Was already gone So each
2: box It depends Depends on who owns it. Maybe mm-hmm. they have beer in there, or maybe they have yeah. nothing. It just depends. Have, and and have, I've been in them, yeah. and it's kind of cool because like they have some couches inside and a coffee table. Yeah. you got the little counter and the mini fridge, and you can order stuff.
1: Yeah, pretty much had like a like a motel type lounge. Yeah, and, and then and then, and then you can go out to the, the side door. of the glass, and you have the special seating area. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. what we had. It was just really cool to have that. Uh, I wish we got gotten there a little bit earlier, but whatever. I I don't eat hot dogs. I don't eat the kind of hot dogs they had anyway. So and who, it's who Oh God! No, no, no. I, I think it was the Rainiers, the River Cats, and the and the Rainiers, like from fucking Washington State or something. Okay, I can't even remember, dude. I don't even remember the game. I just remember being there in the event. All right, you know the just just the cool extra thing having a box. You know that, that was cool. A box and a box. I had a great day. That I remember that day though because I had a horrible night that night. Like, oh, well, you had to go home with her. Well, yeah, yeah. I Technically, because we had a great time. We spent, I spent a bunch of money, but we had a great time. And then we left, and we went to go pick up my kid, our kids, from my mom and grandma. No, you could say my kids. And you, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm on the at that time, it was our kids. That's why I mean, fuck her. So, but now, yeah, definitely my kids. <laughs> I, she, I she abandoned them, <laughs> so she's not a parent anymore. But she's a um. We went to go get the kids and they had this huge fight between my mom, my grandma and my wife broke out and she actually fucking, fucking pushed my mom and, and I think my grandma almost took a swing at her. I mean, it was, it was bad. That night ended really bad. Like it was a complete contrast. To how the day was. Great day, horrible night. This is after the game? Yeah, it yeah. was weird. I mean, it was just, it was constant frustration and resentment between all of us. But it was all because of her. You know, it, it, it was something I couldn't see at the time yeah. until after I had gotten away from her. But. She was awful. She what was fucking her name? awful. Bever- I talk about her like she's dead. What was her name? Her, name, her, name, her name was Beverly. Cunt. Beverly, huh? Yeah, old lady Cunt. name. I can't stand that name to this day. If I hear that fucking name, I'm just like, Ugh. Hmm. But it's an old lady name. I, I'm some names just. You want to open a topic? Go ahead. Okay. What, what should we talk about? I got one. I, I I I've got nobody I can think of. No, I got you a topic. I no, got no, no. Time. We're
0: gonna talk about the movie that we just saw. Then. Oh right. What's yeah. your topic actually? Yeah. What's no, 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 no. Let's talk about the no? movie. Say your topic so we. I'm have to not gonna it. say it now. Well then,
2: fuck you. The Hollywood Blacklist.
0: Uh, interesting. But let's talk about nobody first, and okay. we'll get into the Hollywood Blacklist. Yes. All right. Open so, it up.
1: I like movies where. Who cares? You are... The the, <laughs> the the style of direction and the tone, the music, everything fits into a way where you're smiling as you're watching it unfold. Okay. And the way that nobody starts with Bob Odenkirk, who is this entire film, he is this fucking movie. Without him, this movie is probably straight to video shit. Okay, right. But because he's there, he and the style of the film, it just... I'm smirking because it, it it has a style to it and it knows that it has the style as well. So it's almost like smirking at you as it's doing it. And it's just fun. It's a fun movie. My biggest problem though, and it was thinking about it afterwards, is there is something wrong with this movie where it doesn't have a replay factor for me.
2: And I'm reeling because I keep looking over at the screen and hoping Michael open up a something that I can go, oh, here we go.
1: So... The replay factor is hurt by 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 something very big in this movie, which is look ninety minute movie. It gets to the point very very quickly and it handles itself very well in that regard. It's fun. The action is is hardcore, you know, violent, and there's a dark humor to it, mm-hmm. and it all works. But there's too many people involved in the story that are important to this character played by Bob Odenkirk that for them me to give a shit about them. There needs to be more. Not not his family. I mean, they don't really show much of his kids. You know, his son a little bit. But his wife, there's something there with the wife played by um Colleen um I, I fuck, I can't remember her name. Anyway, I used to have a crush on her back in the 2000s. Um, but she um th- there's a good relationship there, and there's things she knows, things she doesn't know. God and, damn it, what was her and, name? And it works, right? But the problem Connie Nelson. Connie Nielsen. Nelson. Yeah. Yeah, she's she she was the main love interest for um for Russell Crowe in Gladiator. She you know, like she wasn't his wife, but she was the one that he would have been with if he didn't get married. So she played Joaquin Phoenix's sister in in Gladiator. That's her biggest role, I think. Um so uh anyway, the problem with this movie is is that okay, Christopher Lloyd's in it and he's great. He's fun, but it only goes so far with the character where Yes. Okay. Christopher Lloyd is he's he's living in a in a old person home, an elderly home, and he had he still has these skills, and it's great to see him pull out a shotgun and blast motherfuckers. But it gets to a point where there's got to be more to it than that because there's a backstory to these characters. There's a backstory also to the, his adopted brother, played by the RZA, right? Who most of the time when the RZA shows up in movies, he shit. Okay, Mm -hmm. he just he's he's picked shitty roles like in Brick. Remember Brick Mansions when Uh, he was the main villain in that. Damn, that was awful, right? So fuck that movie.
0: (laughs) Yes, that was definitely fuck that That movie. That one replaces uh, Dolph Lundgren as a killing machine (laughs) as on my worst movies list ever.
1: Yeah. So, but the RZA in this not bad, and it but it's when it gets to because there's no character development with these people at all, and this movie should have taken five minutes extra for Christopher Lloyd. And five minutes extra for the RZA. That's all he needed. For those two characters, add something more to them so there's something more poignant to them jumping into the fray with, with Odenkirk's character having to take some motherfuckers out. Okay? But instead, it's just like, oh, here's the RZA. He Okay, this is the RZA's skills in this movie. He's a sniper. Okay. Oh, here's, here's Christopher Lloyd's skills, you know, with a shotgun. You know, but there's nothing... There's nothing else to go with it. So why why can't I picture who Bob Odenkirk is? Who is Okay, Better Call Saul.
2: I, I thought so. I thought maybe.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's Jimmy. <laughs> it's slippin' Jimmy.
2: <laughs> so this guy can obviously act. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah, he's What other movies has he been in? Ooh. I you know what? Major Productions. Major productions? Major productions. Tom goes to
0: the mayor. Tim and Eric, awesome show. Great job. Melvin goes to the diner. Let's go to prison. Didn't he do Girlfriend's
2: Day or some weird thing?
0: The Brothers Solomon, uh, The Birthday Boys, Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, Mr. Showcast with Bob and David, Fargo. He was in- uh, The series. Yeah, Yeah. Fargo, The Series, The Post with uh, Spielberg, Incredibles 2. He's, yeah, he's one of those,
1: one of those comedic, he's like done comedy most of his career and someone finally took a chance on him. The cable well, he he was a writer.
0: He also wrote for Saturday Night Live yeah. and The Simpsons.
1: Well, then finally someone, like, it's like, kind of like with Tom Hanks, where Tom Hanks started off doing a bunch of comedy monkey stuff, bone. right? I didn't realize. And then all of a sudden they they give him a shot of something dramatic and he's like, "They fucking nails it. And then you see that, because there's some comedians that just can't break out of co- comedy, but there's some that show that, hey, you don't have to just be fucking I slapsticky that. all the time yeah. to be good. You know, there's more to him. You know, like, well, he was in The Disaster Artist. Yeah. Well, there you go. So he was Stanislavski. Yeah, yeah. He was the yeah, he was an acting teacher. So,
0: Joe, you didn't enjoy this?
1: No, I did. The, you did. That, yeah, yeah. The, the, here's the problem. This movie is like pop music in a way where there it's fun while you're listening to it the first time or whatever, and and it's great and entertaining. But then when you reflect back on it, you
2: digested it, it later. There's at home.
1: problems that it keeps it from being. It having a staying power. It doesn't have a standout. uh, And the the, the replay problem is is huge in this. Is that there is no resonance with when you watch John Wick, especially the first one. There is a heart to that film, and it's the puppy. It's the the wife that died. There's there's a heart to it, and there's also this respect thing that's going on with the hitman, you know, uh, hotel and all that shit. There's something there. There's a mythology and everything all just blends so well together. But with nobody, there is a backstory that is grazed over, which can add to mystery, yes. But when there's nothing to accompany it other than just I'm blasting this motherfucker over here, we're doing this, now we're I'm getting fucked up and now I you know, I get my revenge. When there's just that, that's the problem. Immediate uh, gratification kind of it yeah the movie's... like i said the movie's short so it gets how long an hour and 30 it's minutes it's like it's like 80 minutes before credits and okay. credits
2: so and that's eight more minutes of just nothing it just yeah there's just credits Mike, you credits. watch too
1: mhm
0: what do you think um i Everything that Joe said I agree with. My problem with the movie stems from the fact that there is no information about Christopher Lloyd's character that really comes through.
1: Yeah, just an FBI badge. That was it. He just has an FBI badge. That's all you know. Yeah, we
0: know that he's a World War II veteran or something like that, and he he was an FBI agent, but we don't really know any backstory with him. The RZA, I've always had an issue with the RZA being in movies because he's... He can't act. <laughs> he, he just can't. He's like Keanu Reeves. He's I'm sure he's good at what he does, but he, and, and he loves fucking like Kung Fu movies and he loves action movies and all this other stuff. So, you know, when he's involved in the movie, it's not like he's doing it as a sort of put on or anything else like that. He, he's doing it because he genuinely loves this shit and he wanted, I'm sure he wanted to be involved with this because of David Leach. Um, but he just, there was a fight scene with, at the end of the movie, when Riza is is kicking people, and you can tell that he has no skill, <laughs> absolutely no skill. So because and they're, and they're doing this fast interaction cut stuff. Yeah, but there was a couple spots where they they had the camera pulled back, and he kicked a guy. But the way that he was doing it, he was going. It was so slow that like there's nothing that they could do to edit or fix anything <laughs> because he's just he doesn't have that ability and then no it's charms. not a, yeah he, he just doesn't have that style of ability right. he's not that type of guy and 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 there's nothing wrong with that it's just that he is not an action guy it so shows. so don't
1: present him as that when right. he's not that yeah
0: i mean it's, it's okay to present him as a guy like a sniper or whatever else and that's fine you know if he's but you know stroking people with the butt stock or whatever and getting up close and or stabbing or whatever that's fine but like <laughs> kicking people like it's, it's just like really murtaugh.
1: murtaugh trying to do that back kick yeah the weapon that's two, exactly what, weapon three right that's, that's For, exactly what i thought it kicks the water bottle yeah
2: yep. <laughs> so you, you've got a scene where the shot is wide open and the timing is just <laughs> completely
1: off you yeah. just tell that yeah and look the rizza has done some cool shit like like he wrote some of the only original music that was done in kill bill and it's really good. It goes yeah. great with the fucking movie. And the guy is super talented. And he He's loves, just... yeah, he loves movies. He loves Kung Fu shit and old chopsocky movies. So
2: when this happens, whose fault is it? Is this a like a choreography thing?
0: Is this a director's error? Uh, it's a, is this it's a, a, it's a bad a writing. editing? I think it's writing. No, when it, when it comes to action scenes, it's not a writing thing. Because they don't really write down much when it comes to it's like, there's a fight. And then there's like you know, four pages of it
1: says there's a fight. I thought you meant overall. I didn't mean just the action. No, yeah, it, okay. for him through yeah. his action.
0: Yeah, when when like when he's talking to Odenkirk, yeah, the dialogue is great. Yeah. He's fine. It's just the action stuff. So that's that that's partially choreography, but it's all on the actor. It's a failure on the actor's part because they are just not that type of athlete. And you have to be like when they're doing the Odenkirk stuff, like, Odenkirk looks like an athlete. I don't know what he did when he was growing up and whatever else, but you can see it. When he's fighting and stuff like that, he's got chops. Well, yeah, mm. and also they showed him it.
1: at the beginning of the movie, like, when he was doing pull-ups and shit. So yeah. he, he was keep, the character was keeping himself in shape, so he sold it. Yeah. when he, you know, And the cool thing is, is when he's fighting, he's not just kicking everyone's ass. He's getting fucked up in the process. The thing is, though, is that because he's had so many years of kicking ass and getting his ass kicked, that he can take a fucking punch.
0: But we I, don't know if they were using In some cases, you could literally see a body double <laughs> for Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. And I don't think the RISA used a body double. <laughs> Maybe they should have. And they, and they probably should have. Well, the RISA looked
1: like he's a, he ate part of a body double because he I he's think the RISA was at least 50 pounds or more Who overweight. Who do, I do I you
0: blame, though? I mean, whose fault is it? It's the actor. Now, well, well I, I, you blame the actor. You can't, you can't blame, you can blame production all you want, but if the actor says, I want to do this and they say, okay, then it's the actor's fault for not. I
1: blame the editing too, because or they the could director. have, look, if, it, if that kick doesn't sell, yeah. then they
0: shouldn't have fucking put it in the movie. But they may not have had an alternate take and the, in the way that they, cause he, it was, it was from the, the viewpoint of the, the bad guy. Yeah. So he's swinging around mm-hmm. and you could just see how awkward it was. <laughs> And they, and it was a six yeah. I mean, we're talking about like a, a fifteen to twenty million dollar budget. Yeah. So they may not have had time to reshoot or edit that I stuff.
2: blame the director because can't you then look back at this fifteen seconds <laughs> later and the director says, you know what, this looks like look, shit. I mean we're gonna try it again.
1: When when you wanna blame someone for a movie, it generally falls in the hands of the director because he is the director. But, he, you sex as fuck. Jerk. Sophia Coppola How is turning over in her grave right now. The movie was directed by a guy, so okay. I'm going to stick all right, on that all right. one. <laughs> keep going,
0: keep going, keep going. <laughs> so he's he, they're dealing with budgets, and, and reshoots on a small budget just right. don't work. And okay. I'm sure David yeah. Leach is one of those guys that. well it's not David Leach; it was a uh, Colstad. So Colstad is the guy that directed this. He's also the guy that did. He's doing Falcon and the Winter Soldier or some shit. Oh I don't shit, know what else he's doing. But Colstad, he um. He may not like doing multiple takes. It's written by. Oh, it was directed by Ilya Nice Shuler. Okay, so Nice Shuler. He sorry. made
1: Hardcore Henry. I keep forgetting that he made Hardcore Henry, <laughs> which I fucking love. That that movie gave me a fucking migraine. and I, I loved it. He had a really? headache. He, yeah, I dude, that movie. I was laughing. First, first spin, I, if, I was first laughing spin. from enjoyment that entire film when we were in theaters watching. I it. can't do uh, out of the eyes of GoPro the- style. Yeah, it was, it was first-person. Isn't person. it out his eyes? It, well, yeah, it was first-person perspective, right. and yeah, it was... It gave me a massive headache. Well, let's finish up Nobody before we start jumping all over the fucking so, place. Well, it's directed uh, produced, by him, so I
0: mean... It, yeah. So it's produced by David Leach. It was written by Derek Kolstad, um, and it was...
1: Directed by Hardcore Henry. Yeah, so the guy knows how to film action, but he apparently doesn't know but how to. But not make, on this one. But apparently, he doesn't know how to sell the RZA as a fucking uh, action star. So, <laughs> so yeah, Colstad
0: is the executive producer and writer of uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldiers. So um, he also did John Wick one, two, and three.
1: Is he, he's not working on part Excellent. four, huh? They're filming uh, part four right now.
0: Huh? I thought that said one in the cucumber. he, one in the he has like. <laughs> He has like um <laughs> producer credit on 4. He's doing something with 4 and I just can't remember what it mm. is. But when when it, anyways, when it comes right down to it, I I totally blame the the
1: reason should have took his ass to the gym.
0: Yeah, I I totally blame the <laughs> actor because if the actor because if if they if they think that they've got whatever you know the the best take and this guy's like a one or two take and that's the best of the two or three takes or however many takes Hmm. if that's the best of them they then then there's nothing they can do He didn't show up
2: that day yeah okay
0: and he didn't and they didn't want to use a stunt guy or maybe it was just an maybe it was done on purpose to make to make it look like because he's out of shape you know okay if you want to really think about it It, that could be the reason why it looked that that awkward right okay it's possible yeah it could be anything, but so
1: nobody's fun for one viewing to me. It's worth seeing once. I just it's not a it's not John Wick rewatchable. Yeah, like Odenkirk can only well, do so much to hold a movie together.
0: It's it's um, let me take that back. It's rewatchable if there's nothing else on and you actually want to watch the movie and you just want to have the movie there's on in the background. something else on. Yeah, yeah. So y- you could you could put you it. You can watch Black Stallion, but it apparently it's part of the same <laughs> universe as uh, John Wick. Because they didn't want to have a crossover. You could watch Back of the Future too, just the beginning. Do
2: uh, yeah, I do a uh, War Horse or, or s- Debbie does dishes
0: or Sea Busket, Sea Briefcase. You're all that horse is dead. <laughs> I do. He, he spelled he spelled Sea Biscuit wrong when he was talking to Heather, um, and I didn't fucking I didn't say anything about it, and i was just like I'm just gonna wait I'm a minute. Leave wait a minute. Do
2: you, do you know I do you know the ongoing joke with Heather and
0: I? You I
2: misspell things on purpose. Yeah. And sometimes I'll say spelling? Yep. Because you know, she's so smart, right? And she's like, Yeah, that's not how you spell that. That's how it started, right? Or she's she's like, You mean there with an apostrophe and I'm like, Fuck you, you know
0: what I mean. Well there'd be long threads of us fucking bitch. (laughs) Yeah. but there'd be long threads of us like me, Mark, and Heather, and then every time you fucking spell something, Mark would be there with the asterisk, you know. And then if he missed one, I would be there with, with right. an asterisk. Just, and and I, we all knew what was going on. Right. It, was, it was on purpose, you know, and I stopped doing it because it would, it's not fun anymore. Right.
2: So with Heather and I, she'd for be like, part. I can tell by your spelling you've had. C-busket. Back in the day, she's like, I can tell in your by your spelling you've been awake for two and a half days and you've had 35 drinks today. And I'm like, no, 34.
1: <laughs> Shut up. Bitch You know that
2: I was <laughs> And then I'd be like Kisses
1: <laughs> I was such a fan Of Seabiscuit When he first came out Busket That when they came out With that movie Secretariat <laughs> Another movie About a briefcase <laughs> I fucking To this day Have boycotted that film Cause I'm like Fuck you You ain't gonna ever Do better than Seabiscuit Another movie About a glue factory <laughs>
0: <laughs> Young Frankenstein oh.
2: What was the thing In Young Frankenstein uh,
0: Frau Bru- Frau Fra- Br- 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 Brukenstein.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Mel Brooks, baby, warm milk.
0: Yeah. All right, what's next? <laughs> well, um, <laughs>
2: Talk to me about the winner. Uh, the me, next me,
0: me giving the breakdown of of uh, the Black Stallion. <laughs> no, we, we can't do that. <laughs> to, uh, There's not to, not enough. is that the four version? No. Well, I gave it. To, I gave the breakdown to Heather, which was bo- horse saves boy, boy and horse. You know. Boy loses watch inside horse. You know what yeah. I did? And I, then, like, I said, and then it turns into old yeller, which it really doesn't. But <laughs> and I was all, no, Blue the factory. the
2: horse and the boy save each, each other, other. You bastard, Michael, <laughs> faggot. And he was like, what? <laughs> it's still boring. <laughs> <laughs> did them. you hear the thing about last night? So when it, You well, you know, it went on and on
1: were you guys rambling at our each other de- our
2: high school debate and then so uh, and he called me an asshole yeah and so at some point i'm like fuck him and I, so i'm You're at just my, being an asshole so i'm i'm at my house cuz i wasn't here and i'm like i'm putting the black stallion on right now so my wife's sitting on the couch and she like looks over and she's like this motherfucker's putting on the black stallion again <laughs> you son of a bitch how often do you watch that movie as much as uh, mike watches back to the future <laughs> not that month. much no, so there, here's what happened. Like, I started watching it again, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm like, emotionally invested can in this. I could turn it off. And then my granddaughter's come over, and I like, I, like, I put it on for them. And I'm, like, just waiting. I'm, like, they're going to love this. And they're like, this is boring. <laughs> really? Great example of that. I they, win. like, got up and, like, started cutting up cardboard boxes or something and make them an
1: airplane. I win the argument. Putting on something <laughs> that you think that you're, that kids are going to enjoy. Yeah. Great example. When I was in the fifth grade, on the last day of school, my teacher from he was from New York City. His name was Mr. Cohen. He was pimping for the whole year. The writer director. The Magnificent <laughs> Seven. Okay, this is the greatest movie ever. Right. The he, original. Yes. Was he drunk? Yeah. <laughs> he put it on. Did <laughs> you did it like it was which, drunk? Yeah, it was. <laughs>
0: That is a great movie which the magnificent <laughs> 7
1: which i i learned is was based off of you know uh, Sam, seven samurai the right The fantastic 48 so he puts it on the fucking classroom and no one watches the fucking movie. And I just really? remember I tried. What did they do instead? They just kept talking and running out of the room because <laughs> it was a free day. It was like we just <coughs> had to be there by, because legally we were still supposed to be there in attendance. Nobody but watched the movie. No one watched the fucking movie. And See? I felt so bad for him. Like I sat there and tried to watch it, but it was fucking, I couldn't. Well, which version of it? The original. Okay. And I mean this is back the in, this is like an 89 when yeah, we were yeah, watching yeah. 88 89. And so we're in a classroom watching this on videotape and I was I mean there's there's a the western and then there's
0: the the one with Telly Savalas and Charles Bronson.
1: The, yeah, the original movie. So yeah, the you know the uh, I can't remember who the fuck was in it, but Charles Bronson.
0: So, you know
2: what you're talking about and I think it happens mostly for me with Prime. So like for me the magnificent uh Blah, blah, blah. Magnificent. Thank you. Seven. Is it seven or eight? Seven. Hateful. Magnificent. The seven. hateful eight is. It doesn't it have a Denzel Washington? The, oh, the remake. The, the, the remake Magnificent does, yeah. Seven remake. So then there's one Denzel. before that, and then it turns out there's one before that. Well, yeah, there's seven one samurai. You're talking about.
1: Seven Samurai done by um by Akira, Akira uh, Kurosawa. Yeah, Kurosawa. So and then, and and then, and then, then you and have, the, have the re. You have this
0: one. Which has Yul Brenner, Eli Wallach, who is in um, Ecstasy of the Gold. it, um...
1: Eli Wallach is the ugly in The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. <laughs> Thank you. No. The Ecstasy of the yeah, Gold. Yeah. So I'm pushing buttons. Steve McQueen. And then there's
2: like The Magnificent Seven Return
0: or something. Yeah, it's a sequel.
1: That, That's the sequel, the sequel to, to that to one. This one. To right? the yeah. original. Okay. Yeah,
0: well, and no, I also technically found, this is not the original. The Samurai Seven Samurai right. is the original, but this. And then I also found the original tombstone, and I was like, "Should
1: I?"
2: I talked to you about it, Mike. Yeah, whatever. yeah, you did, right? And I was like, "I'm not going to." Fuck
1: dude, there's some. This. I've been watching some John Wayne old ones, and dude, I there's some fucking good John which Wayne ones? movies out Tell there. Tell me which ones. I saw Stagecoach, which was John Ford's first movie. Yeah, from 1939, I believe. <laughs> Stagecoach wasn't bad. Um... I watched... Uh, My buddy Carl loved fucking John Wayne movies. There was one, one called... Them,
0: Stagecoach uh, was one of his favorites.
1: God damn, it's from 1942, and it's, it's on Amazon right now. It's one where he's a pharmacist. John Wayne's a pharmacist in San Francisco, and he, he goes to Sacramento, and he opens up a pharmacy there, and he has to deal with the bullshit of this this asshole who's who runs the town. Oh, COVID-4. I've seen that. <laughs> uh. The Dirty, I was thinking of Dirty Dozen, that's why. It's like On to California or something like that, it oh, yeah. was called. But it was that was not bad either. And you know, look, I think that John Wayne got to a certain point with him, with his westerns where if it was just the same old shit he was playing, he probably just it, it got, like, he pretty much stereotyped himself for a long time. But there are certain roles he played where he stood out. Like when he was in True, I watched True Grit for the first time. I saw the remake before I saw the original, by the way. I saw the remake uh, with, um, done by the Coen brothers back in 2010 and, you know, cause Bridges knocked it out of the park playing that character, but he didn't do it anything like John Wayne. Totally played it. different. Nothing like you know Rooster Cogburn was completely different, which is great. I'm glad that he didn't try to copy him. So was
2: out. was uh, the first version? Was he a drunk? He drunk. He did drink a lot, but not like a. But drunk, he wasn't stumble. He wasn't yeah.
1: stumbly drunk. No,
2: I was shocked because I got on. I started chopping it up with uh, you guys on the podcast. Yeah, you know. And uh, I started talking about No Country for Old Men. And we, we don't have to go into that tonight. But mm-hmm. So I was like, the Coen brothers haven't made that many movies. They haven't made like 30 movies. So I started going through. It seems through. like
1: recently they haven't been making that many.
2: They're, but here's the thing. I, so I'm going through and i had seen True Grit, the one we're talking about, the, the newest yeah, version. from right? 2010.
1: And I was like, they did that? Yeah. Both, they, and they, they specifically set out to make it more off of the book. Yeah. Because the movie, because of the time, you know, you had the, um, the Hayes, was it the Hayes Act or whatever? I, not the, it was the certain rules in Hollywood, you couldn't do certain things in movies, right? right? right. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so there's a lot of things that were omitted from the book that were, in, that were put in, you know, that were in the movie. So, or you know what I mean? It was just too
2: taboo? Or?
1: Well, there's just certain things you can't do. So the movie, they wanted to do the movie more like the book. Yeah, with the, with the 2010 version, so they did. So I can't, I off the top of my head, I can't say what it is, as I don't remember, because I haven't seen the remake in ten years. But is but, it
2: that old already? Yeah, I think the, it's 2012. No, to it? 2000, that motion
1: picture production. Yeah, it came out the same year as Tron Legacy, and though so eleven. Jeff Bridges was in both of those, so I remember that. 2011. Uh, they, they came out at the end of 2010. Yeah. So it's, no it's shit. 2010 yeah. 2010. Yeah. I was right. I did say the Hayes Code.
0: Uh, it's the Hayes Code. You said Hayes. Hey, well, close enough. Yeah. Which <laughs> means what, though? Uh, it's uh, from 34 to 54. The code was closely identified with Joseph Breen, administrator appointed by Hayes to enforce the code in Hollywood. The film industry followed a set of guidelines uh, during this time. The code began to weaken. Um, nudity, swearing—they all had these. Like um, Betty Page, you know, and they had all these these films with titties and
1: yeah, and there also might be like God, like like you, you God has to be mentioned or maybe not or so, I don't know. There's there has to be
0: a certain amount of times that good has to happen. Oh, really? And bullshit. So there's pre code, and what's funny is I'm on a Facebook page for movies that are pre code, and a lot of them are all fucking like adult movies with like girls wearing nothing but like negligees and shit like that, and, mm-hmm. and, and they're all A list actors.
2: Okay, and that worked right up until Caligula came out.
0: <laughs> uh, well, fifties. So this is this is basically what it is: pointed profanity by either title or lip, which includes the words God's Lord, sorry, God, Lord Jesus Christ, unless they use reverently in connection with proper religious ceremonies. Hell, son of a bitch, damn, God, G, God, and other profane or vulgar expressions, however we spell any licentious or suggestive nudity. In fact, or in silhouette or sensuous notice thereof by other characters in the picture. Illegal traffic and drug, any interference of sex perversion, white slavery. White slavery. White slavery. I have to point that out. Miss miscegenation, I guess that's massage. um misogynist. Miscegenation I'll say it.
2: Miscegenation. Yeah.
0: Uh, Which refers to reproduction by people who are considered to be members of different races. So no interracial. Right. It's so easy just to fuck put. Fuck put? Fuck put. Fucking put (laughs) interracial activity. Sex hygiene and venereal disease.
2: Sex hygiene. That's important.
0: The scenes of actual childbirth, in fact, are in silhouette. Children's sex organs. Ridicule. 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 Ridicule of the clergy. And uh, we'll feel offense to any nation, race, or (laughs) creed. also uh the use of the flag international relations arson the use of firearms theft robbery safe cracking and dynamiting of trains or anything like that
2: let's go back to sex hygiene because that's an important one
0: brutality <laughs> and possible gruesome the technique of sucking cock
1: so for like <laughs> a, a long time like if you notice like if two characters started kissing and you knew the, where it was going to lead to after that, the, the film would, would fade out and then it would come back too, and they would show like the main guy putting his boots on. Right. So you knew that they fucked, but it, it didn't show any laying down on the bed or anything like that. However,
0: one of the movies that, that actually goes against the code is Arsenic and Old Lace. Arsenic and Old Lace is a movie about two women that murder people and bury them in the basement. Okay. You never see them murder somebody.
1: Like the oblique.
0: However, uh, who is in this movie? Um, it was produced by Frank Capra. It was.
2: It did four million.
0: That's a lot. In 1944, which is about four eight four hundred and fifty trillion dollars. <laughs> right. Cary Grant. There he is. Yeah. So it's Cary Grant. Gay. And he. Bye. Finds out. <laughs> That his aunts are killing people for their social security checks, no belt retirement checks, <laughs> and he goes down and they're keeping him away from the basement. And they have a body hidden in the in the sitting area. There's like a they have like a seat next to a window and it flips open like like a, a chest or whatever. And there's a body buried. In, there's a body in there. And I I always said that that Boris Karloff was in the movie. He was in the play. But there's a guy that plays Boris Karloff because he's supposed to look like Boris Karloff. And there's always a reference to Boris Karloff every time he comes in. The first time he's like, you look like fucking Boris Karloff. And then they have Peter Lorre in it.
1: Peter Lorre.
0: fucking great movie. And it talks about sex, drugs.
1: And rock and roll.
0: Sex, uh, drug trafficking, because that's why uh, <laughs> uh, murder. Um, uh,
1: but, but those things didn't exist back then. <clears throat> Everything was pure and beautiful. That's when America was great. Good night, John Boy.
0: <laughs> so, so, yeah, third degree methods, actual hangings or electrocutions, sympathy for criminals, which in this movie the the he's hiding from the police. So this goes against the entire code. This movie, arsenic.
1: So these things that you're copy. reading right here are things that need to be exercised in the manner which following subjects treated. Yeah, they need to be like special care needs to be done when these things are shown right here. These uh,
0: attitude towards public characters, women selling shoe, rape or attempted rape, first night, blah blah, the use. Of-
2: you know, I feel like the Black Stallion is right on the edge of the edge with all these topics.
0: However, <laughs> so you get into the 60s where you have all these like feel good comedies like Blake Edwards and whatnot, and they're coming out of the 50s. And then when you get to the 70s, you get fucking
1: All right. You get black exploitation. Let's talk about that. Pauline, Let's
0: talk
2: about that. You
0: get <laughs> way down in the jungle deep. You get a uh, uh, Corman. You get
1: a Clockwork Orange.
0: Um. Um, yeah, you get, exorcist, 13. you get Exorcist. You get Exorcist.
1: Midnight um, Cowboy. What's the other one? Midnight for? Cowboy. God damn People it. are talking at me. <laughs>
0: Whoa, oh, god damn
2: it. Taxi driver.
0: Yeah. Uh, Godfather.
1: One, two. Uh, I mean, well, the horse uh, head was uh, pretty yeah. brutal, though. Right, right. Um, Keep on coming. Come on, guys. Come
0: on. The
1: entity. The, the, en- the, the end. Yeah, that's 1980, 81 ish. Yeah.
0: But again, I mean that's that's tail end of the seventies. So, but that movie was produced in in the late seventies.
2: And the seventies went really dark. Yeah, so. and gritty. Dog so. Day Afternoon
1: and it subject reflect- matter with Dog Day Afternoon. You know Day what afternoon. it does is,
2: is it reflects the time.
1: Dude, the subject matter in Dog Day Afternoon, even though they don't show anything, the the what marathon man. what it, <laughs> is Dog, Dog Day Safe? Afternoon is a PG movie. No, well, it's the subject matter that was right. was you know. Provocative up. for its time period because Al Pacino's character was robbing a bank to pay for a sex change for his gay lover. Oh, I'm 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 mixing it up with something. And so else. that and it's based off true events. But Dog Day Afternoon is is you know Billy Jack.
0: There you go. Your mom's one of your mom's favorite fucking movies.
1: The Wild, uh, the what was it? The Wild Bunch or not the Wild Bunch, but the um, Gator. What's the one that, that led the, the 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 one that is before Billy Jack? Jack. Gators. PG. Billy Jack is in the movie, but it's the movie that came out before Billy Jack. The the Um, born losers was it the born losers? You may be right.
2: Let's go back into black exploitation. Uh, Pam Greer. Coffee, yeah,
1: coffee. Uh, I mean, she
2: made she had to make five movies, six movies in the seventies, right? That were like that.
0: Yeah, coffee. I, you know what? I've watched that. uh Cleopatra Jones.
2: Cleopatra Jones.
0: Which both those movies. Coffee's a better movie, but both those movies. Yeah, you have to be. It, that's a that is so time specific. It's fun to watch them and see the see what's actually going on with the plight of the black person in the seventies. Holy shit! But coffee, like I said, we'll, we'll take coffee.
1: Blackula. Cleopatra
0: Jones that's the one that they mostly make fun of in movies like kentucky fried chicken um,
1: kentucky fried movie kentucky fried gold movie. member
0: uh yeah so any any time that you see a a, a parody of 70s exploitation female movie i'm
1: gonna get you sucker
0: is because of cleopatra jones
2: let's talk about pam Greer for a minute why? okay why you tell me why I'm not really not joseph
0: i like her as an actress
2: i think she nailed it in jackie brown of course she did that's so jackie brown but but yeah he wanted her for that because of what she
1: had done the g one of the great things about tarantino being a movie fan that's a filmmaker is that he picks people for the right roles like for example if you watch david carradine in most things don't care for david carradine in most things at all but yet he fucking nailed it in kill bill i loved him in it i absolutely loved him in kill bill You know, um, when he picks people for roles, John Travolta at, at the end of his career, it seemed like in the nineties where he was, he just, he had just made the third part of the look who's talking trilogy with the fucking dogs now talking to each other. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's, but what he did was he noticed where he could use these actors who were quote unquote washed up and put them in the right roles and fucking rejuvenated his career. You know, Robert Forster Robert Forster was a Pretty much forgotten actor From the 70s Right Uses him in Jackie Brown He
0: was in The Last Man Standing With Tim Allen For uh, half a season Yeah I, I was watching the fucking TV I'm like, holy shit That's
1: Robert Forster I, I
0: call him Forster
2: uh, Forster right? But yeah. you're right Football player he, uh, Tarantino's brought careers Back to life well,
1: Yeah, because he knows He knows where to use people For the right thing He knows, you know And he can see it And He's so with doing Pam, it out of fandom Because look If you watch Pam Greer On The L Word She was kind of a boring character Character. If you watch her in uh, John Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars, she was fucking boring in that too. But in Jackie Brown, that was her shit. And right. she, fucking, we'll she owned that movie.
2: Uh, well, How did you feel when you found out Carradine died jacking off with a rope around his neck? It's called uh, it's exf- auto-erotica. Like, auto-erotica. Why wouldn't they cover that up a little bit?
1: He died from the Kung Fu grip, man.
2: Do you think the guy
1: or the girl? The, I almost went sexist. That was a They got to
2: report that first. Was like
1: I think it was a like the, there was a there was a hooker in the room with him, and she fucking ran out after she saw that he hung himself. Yeah, accidentally. I, you
0: know, my, my honest opinion is
1: um, same thing happened to Michael Hutchins from NXS.
0: And I, I and I don't care for David Carradine.
1: He's David Carradine is a seventies version of Steven Seagal, just a douche. Yeah. Like a narcissistic douche. I don't know. Seagal's pretty douchey. Oh,
0: dude. I, don't, I don't think he's as bad as Seagal, but you, he's a backstabbing cunt. Huh. huh. I, fuck that I think... What you, uh,
2: really? Yep.
1: Huh. Yeah. Really? Much, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So, yeah, like I... What if he was broke? Fuck him. Okay, Dude, so like him. I said, Tarantino somehow... Tarantino... <laughs> Has shown multiple times that he can bring out the best acting ability in in actors that you, otherwise you wouldn't give the time of day. Right. And David Carradine, great example. Pam Greer, great example. Cause he fucking shit, dude. I and there's other actors too, other ones. Did you watch Q8, the uh, the new documentary
2: on Tarantino? No. So of course uh, Jackson said he thinks that uh, uh, Jackie Brown's the best one and i i he was okay in that but did you notice how in that movie it's uh and this was suggested to me by somebody else the farther you go into that movie the more and more he starts to uh jackson's character starts to look like almost like the devil you know what i mean like at mm. first his hair is up and the, the the weirder things get like the yeah the more diabolical
1: he gets did you pick well, he, up on well, that? He's coming undone because yeah. his world is collapsing yeah. around him. Uh what I love about Tarantino films and I have my favorite, but and Jackie Brown is 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 up there. But what I love about Tarantino films is that each one has its own thing mm-hmm. and you can see like the influences from it. To me, I still love Kill Bill. Kill Bill is part 1 and 2 are these great companion pieces <laughs> to each other that it was originally just going to be one film, and, right. and then the Weinsteins, in all their their wisdom, <laughs> their filmmaking money wisdom, their non rapey wisdom. Uh, they, they decide hey why don't you split into two films and it makes sense it made per- great sense and could, it worked. You could
2: get lost. You could get bored. You could freak out. It's well, it, too much. Yeah, too because much at one would, time. You would have
1: to cut it like an hour of shit out of the movie. So if, if he just made one three hour movie instead of two two hour movies, right? So it was great. It was great planning movie wise, you know. And and Kill Bill to me, there's just something special about it because I, I I don't want to say relatable, but Which I one? but I get the well. I love how it ends. It ends perfectly for me. And the first time I saw it, I was disappointed. I was disappointed. Like most people, I think were I disappointed wasn't. when they saw Kill Bill because most people, because Kill Bill is was built up to blown up to be this thing where, Oh, it's going to be this ultimate battle at the end after she fucking tears through everybody else, which happens in the first movie In the first movie, she blows the, her load pretty much by yeah. killing the, the first one on her list, which is still, you know, but copper, hat, but cotton she, mouth. Yeah. No, but the, that was also the genius of Tarantino. Is he he showed the first kill done second, so that and he showed the second kill done first, which is where she goes to Vernita Green's house right at the beginning of the movie, played by Vivica Fox, and he kill and she kills her there because that one is a quick scene and it's just a great way to introduce everything that's going on, give you an idea of what's going on, but then gives you the meat, the chunky meat of this of the action when she goes to Japan, right, right, and when she goes to Tokyo or whatever, right, so. There, there is just a, there's something special about the way that everything comes together with those, with those films. You're talking about it like one film right now. Because it, in a way it is one film. It, it had to get split on purpose because it needed to. And then I'm glad that they did that instead of it just being this thing that's had a, you know, hours of deleted scenes instead. Right. right. Instead it, it came out like this. And what I love is that I was, look, when I saw... Kill Bill Volume Two in theaters. I was fucking disappointed by that okay, ending. Okay, so good. I want to talk
2: about that. So for me, uh, the meat and potatoes is the first one.
1: That's I, the that yeah. Like I said, it's the blow your load action and then, thing. Right. And then she only killed only three people die in part
2: two. So the storyline then think. continues in the second one. And for me, part two. yeah. So for me, what I get out of the second one because now I'm hyped up on what happened in the first one, you right? Mean. I get the uh the scene uh at the trailer. Yeah, with Bud and then they and then uh uh she shows up. She yeah. shows her ass. And then she rips the eye out of uh, She doesn't kill Bud. She doesn't
1: kill Bud and she does not kill Ellie Driver. She only rips her other eye Ellie
2: out. Driver. The the Daryl Hannah's Hanna.
1: character. Yeah. So
2: you get that and then you get her training.
1: Yeah, with Pi Mei.
2: The only other thing that happens in that movie is then she goes and gets Bill
1: yeah and well she goes she goes and sees michael parks at, at his whorehouse in mexico and talks to him for a second and then he tells her where bill lives and then she goes
2: so call me whatever you want to call me Clay.
1: Clay.
2: i keep watching uh <laughs> you
0: can call me ray you mean mike the you, you third can
2: call me susan if you pay me enough i think you mean mike the third uh i keep going back to the uh the red cover kill bill one yeah well i keep watching it over and over again And I just recently watched the second one. Yeah. And I was like, I get it, but it's slower. Everything slows down. Yeah. And I love slow movies, but I keep going back to the first one.
1: Let me get into it. Okay, do it. There is something intimate about volume two. Okay. It's a love story. Right. Because if you remember at the beginning, when Bud captures her, he shoots her in the chest with the rock salt, right? And then he buries her. Right before he closes the casket on her, he says, this is for breaking my brother's heart. Right. And that right there tells you that this is, even though you already had an idea, because Bill shoots her in the fucking head, right? Right. They show it twice. They show it at the beginning of each film, right? Right. But now there's more to it than this. Now you're not focusing on all this fucking killing and fighting and all this shit. Now you're getting down to the intimacy of the story. Right. The personal story. Yeah. And that's why I was genius about in the first movie, you get all that action shit out the way, which is great. It's fun. Awesome.
0: It's a wider, it's a, yeah. it's a wider, it's a bigger world. And yeah. then, and then and when he buries her, yeah. it, it doesn't, that world shrinks to... Yeah.
1: Her, her, now her, now, yeah. Now it's now yeah. just and, Bill. And, yeah. you're, and 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 what's also genius about it is it's separating itself from the genres that it's covering. So in volume 1 you get mostly the kung fu movies, right? That's interesting that time, what you're saying right? right now. Yeah. But now in this one you're getting into the Italian horror film part where she's being buried alive and right. she has to escape from that, right? Then you also get, you know, it, it, and then it goes into more the 70s, you know, spaghetti Western shit. Okay. Okay. With her wandering through the desert, you know, with the music playing and she's... Man with no name. Yeah, right? And... Bride with no name. Yeah. And so... It's just, it it's, like I said, it's way more intimate. It's just her versus one other person, you know, at the time, usually. Her versus L.A. Driver, you know. Right. And it's not even good versus evil, even though we're on Beatrix's side. She's still not a great person either, which is cool because at the end of the film, she even says to Bill right before he dies, is because I'm not a good person, you know, and he goes, you know, you are, you're the best person, you, you can be a cunt, <laughs> right? Right, right. <laughs> But there's just greatness in their love story. Like you can see that she broke his heart by by leaving, by pretending that she died and then just completely cutting off all contact. And this is what happens when you break the heart of a bastard, right? Because he says it in those words. And he he goes on a fucking tear. And he kills everyone in her life, including right. her, right? And and then it gets all the way down to just their daughter being alive. And, and Bill, he's a great fucking father. I mean, right. you see how he takes care of her. Right. He even cuts the crust off her fucking sandwich, which to this day pisses me off every time I see it because I fucking hate it when you waste that much sandwich. But that's a fat guy thing. <laughs> so... But there's still this this moment. So like when I first saw the movie and I'm expecting this huge battle at the end. And instead, it's just him monologuing about Superman and Clark Kent. And but it is
0: a huge battle. It's a mental it battle. It is. It is.
1: But I wasn't seeing that way because the first movie blew it up and the advertising blew it up. I fell for it. I fell for this. And to this day, there's a lot of people that don't like part two because they keep expecting this. That it should have been this big, giant fucking battle. And it's not. It's intimate. And you know what? That's what ends up being more resonant and long-lasting. And this is why I love Kill Bill. Out of all Tarantino's films, and I can enjoy every single one of them for what they are and how special they are, Kill Bill always brings me to, I think it's the pinnacle of his storytelling with all the different genres that he was able to blend in together and tell this tale with all of these different characters who stood out so well. I mean, even Buck. (laughs) <laughs> in the nursing home where she's in a coma where he's having <laughs> that guy from the Adam Stallion movies <laughs> coming to fuck her and and just, it was great. Oh, that line. I learned, by the way, that fucking line, my name is Buck and I came here to fuck. Buck. So if I that told line, you... Hold on. Yeah. That line was said by Robert Englund's character in a 70s horror film where this guy, I think it was Buddy Epson, ran a hotel... No, it wasn't Buddy Epson. That was Motel Hell. But it was he ran a motel in the in the swamp, and he kept killing people and feeding them to the alligator in the in, in the, that he had next to this hotel in this little swamp. Okay, Robert Englund's character said that line. So when I when I heard the line in that movie, and I was like, oh fuck, that's okay. That's more Tarantino using the shit he grew up with, throwing it into the movies that he's making now. Didn't even notice it, it. No, Rory Calhoun was in Motel Hell. Buddy Epson wasn't. Okay, so then... Well, I can't remember who the main bad guy was in in the the horror film I'm thinking of. Um, the one where he's feeding people through the alligator. It, just look at Robert Englund horror film from the 70s. Hmm. And, um, yeah. Freddy Krueger? Oh, yeah, yeah, he, was,
2: yeah. He, he did a lot of stuff in the so, 70s. So now we've talked about both movies. Yeah. And they are counterparts. Yeah. And if I challenge you both right now and said that we all know what they are, and one of these movies is going to get deleted, it, like it never existed.
1: Mm-hmm. You can only pick one, but you get to pick. Ugh. <laughs> Sorry, I just—it's <laughs> I, I, like the Facebook thing with the oh, eliminate cake or fucking mm-hmm. ice cream. Or no, something. seriously, you have to eliminate one. seriously, you are you or for are a million gonna, dollars, where you live in this haunted mansion right for a year. No, you are more life. passionate Either about lie, one or the other. Yeah, you are more Toby passionate. Hooper. Yep, about one or the other. That's why I watched it because the Toby Hooper movie. All right, so let's. Okay, what is the thing?
0: You have to pick one. Which one? No, I pick. I of, pick of the what? first one. Of what movies? Kill Bill. Oh, so if you,
2: I one of them is going to go away forever, like it never existed.
1: <laughs> well, since the, I mean, it's never going to happen. He just I
2: explained mean, to me why they are counterparts and why both are so important. Inglorious Bastards. Of course, Michael would say Inglorious <laughs> Bastards. Oh yeah, he's
1: to this day. I mean, every every time we talk about Tarantino, if I say what I think's my, I, I like Django and Shane too. It's, yeah, but Inglorious
0: yeah. Bastards for me is is the movie that. He broke through? No. Um, it it basically is every movie he's ever done in one movie. Mm-hmm. So it's Kill Bill. It's, it's Foxy Brown. It's Hateful Eight. It's, you know, even though that came out in the future, it's Django Unchained. It's all these movies because <laughs> <coughs> he's taken all these influences and that one movie represents everything that he's ever wanted to do you know you've got the ultimate bad guy hitler you've got the ultimate good guy which is this girl who burns hitler to the ground you know and it's the same thing with kill bill you have a girl a girl that's seeking out revenge on somebody right yeah so that's the, that's the kill bill one and then you have the hateful eight where you have this group of people that are stuck in this fucking thing like a, in a in it's a, it's a play right yeah and you have this group of people that are stuck in a playhouse you have Django Unchained where you have Christoph Waltz's character with a character with Jamie Foxx who has to earn his freedom, right? Christoph Waltz has to earn his freedom, from Brad Pitt, but there's a there's a cost to getting that freedom, even <laughs> yeah. though he's a Nazi, right? Right. He's unsavory, which in in a sense, Jamie Foxx's character is an unsavory because he's a slave. So you have that dynamic as well. So and then the Foxy Brown stuff is is all the other shit. Reservoir Dogs, everything. That film for me is all of Quentin T- Tarantino's films, past, present, and future, wrapped up into one. Yeah. That's how I see it. Okay, so, so the bottom
1: the bottom of my Tarantino list. By the yeah. way, kill Bill One for me. This is how how awesome Tarantino is. The bottom of my Tarantino list is Hateful Eight, and I still don't hate that movie at all. That movie's a good fucking movie. Right. And like I said, that movie has a huge influence from the thing. John Carpenter's the thing in it. Hold on. Directed films or all films? All of his films. His films so that he like made, True Romance. No, 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 not his, not That's a screenplay. That's why I asked, Directed films not or born, all his films. Not Natural Born Killers. Not, 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 not his dialogue punch up from Crimson Tide. But Killing in, Zoe. So just the movies that. that he directed. And my most underrated film, I think of his, is Death Proof. I fucking love Death Proof.
2: Well, he he, he said that himself. He said it was.
1: No, it was, he didn't like it. I he mean, hates yeah. Death Proof. Can but I can I say
2: I gotta say one well, thing really fast, and then we'll get right back on this. Yeah. You talked about Inglorious Bastards. You know what that? You know what's stands out to me the the most in that entire movie the beginning beyond that she is in she ends up owning the theater in france France, yeah which is her it's a family theater right and she's posing as not being a jew her assistant is a black frenchman and it's also her lover yes and she says to him we're gonna burn this place down and basically what she's saying is we're gonna die doing this Mm -hmm. and he's like okay and I, that stands out to me more than anything else. That's the love story part of the uh-huh. movie. I was like, oh my God. He didn't even go like, well, wait a minute. Or are you sure? He was like, okay.
1: I think, okay. I think there's something that was, wasn't, isn't mentioned in that movie with those characters, okay. which is once they became part of occupied, you know, France, Germany, right. you know what I mean? Their li- they already knew their lives were over, like no matter what. Like, so they might as well just do whatever they can to get over on on the, on the Nazis before they go out. So, because, I mean, him being a black man in France, you know, I mean, and, you know, the whole fucking German thing, right? So the whole Nazi thing. So he knew he probably wasn't going to live very long, you know, there. Because I, I don't think I, I disagree black people with that. were were as per- persecuted as they were here in America, in, in
0: Europe. Well,
2: I mean, <sighs> I, I think that they, they I, felt I mean, like they wrong, just had to but... play the
0: game. Yeah, I, 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 don't. And I don't, didn't want
2: to play the game. I, well,
0: I, I don't think many Europeans
1: had a problem with interracial stuff. I, I don't. Yeah, but well, I don't know. I, I also don't think that they were so. also aware of the Allied forces gonna stay, because at the time the Nazi army just seemed like this unstoppable force, right? So they, I don't think they ever saw a light at the end of the tunnel anyway. Once Germany owned France, they were fucked, right? That's in their mind. So. Right. Might as well find their best way to go out before they go out. But I, go- I, sorry, go ahead, finish. Yeah. Go out, you know, go out strong, because hey, we're gonna fucking die. Do we want to slowly die by Germany taking over and, and then slowly taking away all of our rights like they've done everybody fucking else's in places they've already taken over? Or are we gonna make a statement and go out taking out as many of these motherfuckers as we can? But you have
2: to remember that in this reimagining of this retailing of things that never actually occurred, yeah, it's a what if they were gonna have all of the most important Nazi officials, including Hitler, uh, Goring, Himmler, or whoever else, Himmler. Uh, yeah. Gib, Goebbels, Goebbels, in, in yeah. the same place at the same time. So this was an opportune yeah. moment to change everything all at once.
0: Yeah. Well, here, here's the other thing, and so going against what you said, which is they felt this right, mm. and 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 there's no light at the end of the tunnel. They. They were living their life, regardless of occupied France or not. Okay. She had escaped being murdered by Christoph Waltz's yes. character. Shoshana. The SS. So she she thought she had escaped. So she's living in France, or she's living uh because I can't remember um where they were at the beginning of the movie. But let's They were they were in France as well. They were in France. Okay. yeah. She was so, on a farm
1: in France, yeah. So
0: she's she escapes to whatever town in France. Paris or around there. And She's living her life knowing, knowing that she, yeah, she's hunted, but not really hunted because he's got other important shit to do. So she's just, she, she's a nobody until he shows up in town. At the diner. And recognizes her and knows who that is. That's when... That's when the whole thing comes down to she's not going to escape. It but has nothing does, to do with the wait, German wait, wait, occupation. Wait, wait.
2: Does he recognize absolutely her, recognizes because she has all this trepidation and concern and fear. But how do you
1: know he really does? The pie scene. I, I I'm going along with you on this, but I want him to explain this because I'm fascinated on figuring out how he knew that that was Shoshana.
0: <laughs> He's looking for a specific person. He's not going off of random person telling him what this other person looks like. He has a visual of her. He knows what she looks like. Mm-hmm. So when he goes, hold on, when he goes to the farmhouse and she runs away, yeah. you only see the back of her head. Right. Yeah. And he's pointing a gun at her knowing exactly who she is he went to that farmhouse looking for her and her family not a random fucking jewish family it's they're not looking for all the abram abrahams they're not looking for all the goldsteins or whatever he went to this this And there's a reason for it but it's not explained he went to this farmhouse looking for this specific family because of something For okay? what though who knows that's not, it's You're never suggesting.
2: then then he has like photographs of them prior.
0: There are, they They are either revolutionaries or they're known Jews or whatever. So we can, we can assume based on history of Germany that they have been sold out by either people that are Jews because there were Jews that joined the SS. Okay. They're whatever they called them. And they were sold out and they escaped from Germany, or they escaped to France, and when that happened, he was looking for them because of whatever. Okay, so let's just assume that they escaped Germany. That's that's a fair assumption because there's a lot of Jews that escaped. They may have been high ranking Jews, they have they may have been um politicians or doctors or scientists.
1: Does this feed into the whole him wanting to go to America anyway? Yes, okay, so. When he's hunting
0: her down, when he's literally looking for these specific people and they're having that dialogue, are there any Jews here? Do you harbor blah, blah, blah? And they shoot up the... He knows that they're there based on intelligence. He knows what they look like based on intelligence. She runs away. He already knows that she is going to end up in a major city. All he has to do is just find out which city. So it's just happenstance that when he shows up in this city, Paris or wherever they are... Yeah that she's there. He may have been searching for her and there are very few, there are cities in France that didn't get massive bombed and people just went to. So you have, you have a wide section and then during war that section slowly collapses to where all the people are, where it's safe because they know they're not going to get fucking bombed out or shelled or anything else like that because the battlegrounds have already been set. Right? Mm. So, all it is is just a matter of time before they find the person. And randomly he shows up at this place. He may have known that she had taken over this place because there was a defector. There was somebody there that saw her, that there was a reward for her, you know? And they don't put they don't have to put up posters, but he could have told somebody in the army, he could have told a a person who is using their spy network that she is here. Okay. And then he uses that as his base of operations and then says, hey, Hitler wants to use your theater. And that's his only reason for not seizing her in the moment. Right. Because he also has that agenda, which is he wants to get the fuck out of there into America. Right. So for he's going him, to use her to you for the theater. So if he kills her, then he loses out on that opportunity to right. kill Hitler or to have the Americans capture Hitler.
2: For him, he has the last little character that needs to go into the crossword puzzle right. when he's ready to place it in there.
0: Right. So when he sees her the first time, he has an inkling. It may be her, it may not be her. It fits it fits the character. It fits the the description, the photographs and everything else. She's a little bit older and then when he's sitting down and talking with her and she gets cautious and this and that and she becomes nervous, he's taking this all in. He may pretend. You may see him like he doesn't notice when she's being nervous and not eating the, and he wants the cream and this and that. But that cream calls right back to the beginning of the movie
1: of it's milk. Being on the, on the, on the cow farm. Right. Of
2: milk. And they make him out to be like the perfect, like an eagle Yeah. Like the perfect hunter. Exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, his name was the Jew Hunter. He he knows he's going to get the mouse, but he'll decide when.
0: Now, I may be completely off on this. No, I think you made me completely reimagine this now.
1: I mean, look, I I mean, it's it's interesting what you're saying. I, I didn't look into it like that. I just, I saw him as he liked the game. And he, he's just picking. He up enjoyed, Jews. like, when he pointed the gun at her, running away. He could have killed her. And he right. Didn't. Right. He enjoyed the game. Well, maybe. No. No. He could have shot her. I he mean, she his, was
2: a hundred yards away. He could
1: have sent his people after. That's her true. That's and he true. true. He, didn't. he enjoyed the game. That's true. Like, that's part of it. He's yeah. sadistic. Yeah. Yeah. But when he's yeah, when
0: he's pointing his gun at her, he knows that she's too far out of range for right. him to effectively shoot because yeah. of wind or this and that. But he's still pointing at her with with it's a threatening and. As he's doing it and he smiles, you see him tilt his head or whatever, yeah. and he pulls oh, the gun. Oh, wow, Shoshana! Right, yeah. yeah. This, She's already too far away yeah. for him to shoot.
2: And this is the type of sick bastard that gets as much out of that as
1: anything else. Right. Yeah, because so, he knows. And I, I looked. And he also didn't pull the trigger while in the house. So That's it's what it, to me, at, because the, of that the part thing. where at the restaurant, I mean, you could be right, but I, I'll, how I always saw it was he's so caught up in his own shit now because he's already ready to leave to defect. That he's not even noticing that it's her because he's already. Then why did he order the cream whipped cream? Yeah, and that's why it's interesting what you're saying. You could be right. That that that's that, that, that literally is, a, is food for thought. That
0: that literally <laughs> is a direct connection, yeah. and he did it just like he did with the milk. Yeah, and and he. I don't. I think he took half a sip of milk. The same thing with the cream. He just took a bite. He took one bite and then he put a cigarette out. And that pissed me off every time I see it. (laughs) He's a fuck. He's a
1: fox going after a pigeon. Right. That's what he is. He knows. He knows that's her now. Because when when the when the actor chick played by Dan Kruger when he finds out that she's the one that was at that bar where Michael Festbender got killed, okay, he fucking chokes her right out when he proves that it is her. Right. So he's still got this duty. To, to kill people that are are connected with it. So he's, he's not, he's not just turned off.
0: He's not, he hasn't switched off. Yeah. He's, he's, in fact, he's more focused than ever because he has, he has a secondary agenda of, I'm, I need to get out of here. Yeah. And the only way to get out of here is in this way. So, and so, why does he want out if the war is not because there's a
2: certain turning point mentions, in the war? He mentions,
1: he mentions at a certain part in the movie that he's not from Germany, he's from Austria or somewhere Something else, like that. Yeah, so well, that's where Hitler's from. Yeah, but they still, I mean, the the main he, everything he, is German, he doesn't so. buy into the whole
0: idealism and making yeah. him even more of a perfect villain than yeah. ever. Because is he lying? I think he's lying. You know, when he says all this shit to Brad Pitt, uh, is it Pitt and, um, Eli Roth. Thank you. So when he's talking with those guys and he's telling them this whole story, like, I don't believe a fucking word of anything that's coming out of his mouth about the reason why he wants this. I think he just, he's, he's in it for himself first and foremost, and he's going to get out no matter what. So as soon as he's over, he's flying or whatever. He could fucking murder everybody on that plane and just fly it himself to America. Oh, I don't know what happened to those guys and push them right the fuck out.
1: I think right? also he could tell that it, the, the this was at the end of the road for the German army and he wanted to get out anyway because he knew that this was about to end. So, But now
2: we have to ask
0: what year? 1944
2: four-ish. or late 44. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
1: Because
0: this is, I mean, technically this is supposed to be, let's see, it was at, uh, It was when um, they made the movie, the, uh, what was that stupid oh, German yeah. movie?
1: Yeah, the uh, the <laughs> the propaganda film, the mm. death of a nation or not. Birth of was, a nation. Yeah. Yeah. Was it not birth of a nation? No, birth of a nation is that movie from like 1914 that, that shows like happy slaves and shit. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> it's. Um, happy slaves. It's the. um it's the movie within a movie. It's where um, it's where Zemo from fucking Captain America and the Winter Soldier is the sniper who na- na- nation triumph of the will. Yeah,
0: nation's pride. I was going to call it. Nation, nation's pride. That's what they kept calling it in the movie. Yeah, so it's all about nation's pride, and yeah. that was made in 1935. So, uh, who knows? I mean,
1: yeah, is. Yeah, just look up Inglorious Bastard film within a film. Well, it's this one right
0: here. It's, uh, well,
1: I know they made propaganda films in real life. I'm just talking about the the, the one that's in Inglorious Bastards.
0: I'm just trying to find out if what the, let's see, a historical film, no. Kohlberg. Uh, all right, Inglorious Bastard film. Or what is the fucking Zoltz their Nation? Nation's or, Pride. Yeah, Nation's Pride. Yeah. Well, shit. Well, that was a fucking guess. Frederick Zoller. So is that a real film, though?
1: Well, they filmed it for the movie. I, mean, I know,
0: but it is Frederick Zoller really? See that's person? Zemo?
1: I didn't realize that that was Zemo until just now. Huh? Oh God damn it! You're right. Yeah, that's that fucking is Zemo. Zemo. Daniel Bruhl. Ah, uh, okay. Audie Murphy. Isn't it weird that that I wasn't really interested in the Zemo character in um, Civil War, but now on Winter Soldier, I'm really enjoying his character. So
0: here it is, right here. Does did Landa recognize Shoshana? Did not he did not get a good look at her in the beginning of the film, and if he suspected she would try to get revenge, he would have had he would have to think it would be primarily directed at him. I don't buy that. Obviously, I just did my
1: whole. I like your theory. No, but it's a it, dude. It sounds it's intriguing. Like it it, if I heard that Tarantino's talking about this shit and he he mentions it, I'm like, okay, yeah, I I get it. Yeah. I, but but like I said, there there is no reason for Landa to go to
0: that farm if he's not looking for specific people you know, because, and he's a colonel, right? So colonels don't generally take interest in that type of micro-fucking management. They let their lackeys do it. Go find the Jews, go find this. So Mm -hmm. for a colonel to take interest in finding these Jews, he's doing it for a personal reason. Selective. Yeah, one of them is either he's going to get, he's capturing them or killing them. In this case, he's killing them for um, merit, you know, to add another badge to his whole thing because they're high-ranking officials or wanted people. That, right. Or they have, there's there's something that he can gain from them.
1: But what would there be to gain, though? It's usually if, information. If he killed her whole family and only she, he lets her get away, but he still doesn't know exactly where she's going to turn up. So Well, I, I know, but I explained
0: that. When you have when you're in war, yeah, it, the whole population shrinks
1: down yeah, yeah, to wherever, I, 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 and they all go to where it's going to be safest. But I mean, that's a huge gamble. No, it's not, because he could give a fuck less. But if he kills them all, right, he's either there
0: to kill them or capture them, mm-hmm. one or the other. If he kills them, he gets their heads, or he brings the bodies. We don't see the aftermath of that, but he he's there because he's
1: a colonel. Again, doesn't micromanage. Fucking looking for Jews. What if it's simpler than that? What if it's just he's a sadistic bastard who gets off on this game he plays? No, because that's he, what I originally he, thought. He's until a colonel, Joe,
0: or uh, I'm sorry, Mike. He has more responsibility than just being a sadistic bastard. He's looking for something, or he wants something. He either wants information, or he wants he wants the accolades. Mm-hmm. And these people have to be some sort of of some sort of importance. For him to be there, yeah, colonels don't waste their time with okay, that. Okay, I
1: remember this. They did not escape Germany. The fam, there was a family that a Jewish family that was already living there in France, and then they went hiding because uh, their farm had been abandoned. No, there was somebody living at the farm. That's
0: why there was a person there, and then they were he was hiding these Jews underneath. No, the No, bars. no,
1: I mean that those Jews that were hiding in that farm, they had their own farm.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. No, he was hiding them. But again, if, if for a colonel to take special interest
1: in somebody, mm-hmm. you know, you have to have something. If you remember, he knew all the family names. Yeah. Boob. Well, that was his job. I mean, his job was to know, locate and, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm going with I'm going along with you on this. Though, Mike. that's but that's my
0: argument. I mean, I like I said, I could be completely wrong. There are fucking movie scholars
1: out there that know more about this shit than I do. I dude it's sound it it's sounds pretty sound man I I I'm on, I'm on board I like it so. I am but that's what I'm saying when I when I when you brought up the list of Tarantino films man I got I still hold Kill Bill volume 1 and 2 cuz they are one piece you know but if I had to pick one over the other volume 2 Okay, it's more intimate. Okay. it's it's more intimate. Fuck Death Proof. Part one is really fun. yeah. I'm not in. I, I love Death, it Death Proof, it. dude. I dude. Okay, when people always nowadays they talk about the fucking female empowerment and all that bullshit, where you got to have women that are power more stronger than the men, you know, and all this weird shit that that isn't physically possible. You can go back to something like Death Proof, which is simple. It doesn't try to promote anything other than what it is. It is a fun movie that is centered around 70s race car movie type shit, you know, like Vanishing Point point stuff like that. Okay. And then you have four female characters who are just fucking badasses. Okay. They work with a stunt crew and Kurt Russell fucked with the wrong group of women. And right. it's, it's fucking great. It's fun. It has the one of the greatest payoffs I've ever seen a movie end with. Okay. Now, Building up to it, Mike's got a problem with feet. That's perfectly fine. Quentin Tarantino puts feet in every one of his movies. That he has a foot fetish. Oh, he loves the feet. That's a, that's a
0: fucking. He's that, like John Turturro, Mr. Deeds. I love feet. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> that's the minor part of it. This movie, Death Proof, is not a movie that you hang your hat by when
1: you're talking about Quentin Tarantino movies. And, and here's why: because I he did, and
2: Rodriguez did this as the uh, grindhouse.
1: Grindhouse. I didn't. Then I did not say it was his best movie. I don't I said, think
2: it was a situation situation where either of them were going to overtry. This say, was going to
0: be like Crazy Mary, Crazy Larry, what right? they, yeah. but yeah. they wanted to create a series out of this. They I wanted to
1: do a grindhouse type of thing. Right. I say it's the most underrated film of Tarantino's library because people expect a certain thing from Tarantino when he makes a movie, and when he does something like this, there you know a lot of people are let down by it. I think that it shows that he had the range to do something that even though other people might look down on it was still a fun thing to do and i love it i love the film it's it's fun i'm glad that he found a way to get kurt russell into a movie and use kurt russell with it with his talents and i love the movie i agree with you it's 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 fun it's not hard to watch it's easy i i get kind
2: of bored with the bar scene But then they get into the second... Watch the
1: extended version. The extended version has an extra lap dance scene and way yeah, longer. See, yeah. I could care less. No, it's, it's fun. But, it's but fun.
2: They get into the the second part of the movie and it's it's just a joy ride. Yeah. And it's fun. Yeah. I,
1: yeah. And I love Zoe Bell, dude. I, I I didn't know shit about Zoe Bell before the movie. And then once I saw the movie and I enjoyed it, because I saw Midnight's show, showing of that fucking like, movie. Yeah. And... And uh, when I read about Zoe Bell being the stunt, the for stunt Uma. double for for Uma yeah. and all this other shit she's been in. I'm just like, God damn, that's awesome! Like she really did all of her own stunts, riding on the hood of that car when they're flying down the freeway or the high, you know, the road, and just. I just took it as a fun movie. I it didn't is. take it as it has to be it has to fit all the certain criteria criteria for it to be a Tarantino film. They, they, they he did a
2: genre movie yeah. again. Yeah. But yeah. he picked something easy. Yeah. Slasher. And, he did a slasher film. Yeah. That's yeah. what he did. Yeah. And he picked something that was an easy movie the yeah. original time around yeah. for and, people. Yeah. And
1: I'm not kidding when that movie ends with them killing him by kicking his fucking head in. Yeah. And they all just throw their arms up in celebration. And then it says the end. And that's how a film like that would have ended in the 70s. Fucking, yeah. It makes me laugh every yeah. single time because it's just glorious. <laughs> and it's fun. And I wish that he could see it the way I see it, but he doesn't. I'm just, I'm just not into it. Like, I can't get past
0: <laughs> yeah. the fucking opening bar scene. Yeah. Fuck it. I can't. Well, I can't the bar
2: scene is kind of dreadful.
0: It's Yeah, it's just... It's, it, it's poorly executed, even though he goes out of his way to make a... a He'd depart from what he normally does and just go after this genre.
1: Yeah, where I, you he's know he's just trying and I to. Can, yeah, it's I, just poorly executed. And you know what? If they, w- if I was going to point out any part of that movie that's the weak point of that movie, the bar scene. You're yeah. right, but I, I just can't get beyond that. The, the, you know what? Look, in the Robert Rodriguez movie
0: that's basically Machete, mm-hmm. I can't even I, Planetary. I can't fucking watch that movie, and I've tried multiple times. Like, like I'll turn it on. It'll be on like different scenes, like the scene where fucking Rose McGowan is mach- mowing people down with her machine gun leg, yeah, or where you see like what is it, uh, Machete flying over on his fucking bike or whatever. The, the, the trailer, yeah, you know, uh, the whole movie. Like that's not there's Machete. Different, machete, that's is Danny a, Trejo.
2: That's a Machete's a completely different. It's the movie. same character,
1: yeah. Machete is only you're talking about in the tr- part the, one.
2: You're talking about uh, Rodriguez's part one to the Grindhouse feature, which is got the thing on
1: her leg. Yeah, that's in planetary.
2: It's not. It's not. I it's,
0: know, but that's the, that. Danny Trejo's in that movie. That's basically Machete. That's where he got the idea from. Well, that's Machete. A, in machete the movie.
2: is a is a. So they go into the between the movies, and Machete is a like a preview or no, it's yeah, a trailer it, it, it's for a, a movie trailer. that hasn't come out yet. That, which Machete is the trailer that starts
1: yeah. before both movies start, and then then in the, in the middle there's the three mock trailers. Right, one's done by Eli Roth. Yeah. One's done by Rob Zombie. Well, the, one
2: of them's horrible. Is that the, is the Rob Zombie one, the Thanksgiving one?
1: No, Thanksgiving <laughs> was done by Eli Roth. Oh. the one that was done by Rob Zombie is the 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 zombie bitches from zombie Nazi bitches, oh, werewolf yeah, zombie, yeah.
0: Nuts. yeah, werewolf zombie. werewolf, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, uh, that one, <laughs> the, werewolf of the SS or something, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: werewolf yeah. horrors of the
2: SS or some shit. So, how you feel about um, Death Proof is how I feel about the first movie about Planet Terror. Yeah.
1: Planet Terror has uh, Planet is fun. It, it's just mm-hmm. a fun, goofy movie because every actor that's in it knows what they're in, and so they ham it up. Like Josh Brolin's character is right. the doctor who's always putting things in his mouth, like the you know the um, the 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 thermometer in his mouth, right? And, or. Um, or just the Fergie, Fergie playing this lesbian lover of Josh Brolin's wife, you know, where she's going down the road and she's always wearing, she's wearing this tight tank top and stuff in her hair. So
2: did you ever piece together that the father and son Sheriff and that are the same one in Kill Michael, Michael Parks. Yeah. yeah. Michael Parks yeah. and his
1: son. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. dust hold on. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then Michael Parks's son plays the guy who drives the stagecoach in Hateful Eight. Hmm. Werewolf women of the SS. Yeah, there we go.
0: Werewolf women of the (laughs) SS.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good. You know what sucks is is that you have to buy the grindhouse double feature on Blu-ray to get those mock trailers. Because if you buy them on DVD, it's they're separated. Death Proof and Planetary are separate, and those trailers aren't with them. So imagine this: I went down and saw these
2: in the theater.
1: I saw him in theater in midnight showing. Dude, Got no, I like saw 3:20. it like
2: in the middle of the day, yeah. and it, it just it just seemed like it went on forever.
1: Well, yeah, because it's two movies. You're, yeah. you're watching literally two movies. Yeah, yeah. I I see. I just can't get
0: like of both of them. Like I really can't get into the Robert Rodriguez one for whatever reason, and I I've, I've loved his shit. But Jeff Faye he's good in it too. I. It doesn't interest me. Like I said, I've I've come into it multiple times, and you're right about the trailer. I was mis- totally mistaken about that. <laughs> yeah. But I've come into this movie multiple times in different areas. Yeah. And it's just like five minutes. I watch five minutes of it, and I'm just like, fuck. Okay, I, like, I like the beginning. Yeah. The beginning was okay. It was. It's up until like Rose McGowan loses her leg. I think that's really what, turn, what turns me off about this movie is the fact that Rose McGowan is walking around with a machine gun leg, and the machine She So the barrel is the one that she uses as her foot, right? And that bugs the shit out of me because she's ruining the barrel. So every time I see someone with a gun that puts it on the ground and uses it to... to to fucking stand up or oh, yeah. to and, and, and it drags the barrel and then that fucks up the barrel first and foremost. So when you're shooting you get a backfire. Yeah, it could backfire. But when you're when you're shooting a gun that has a ruined barrel, it's the bullet may fucking end up killing you. It what, may
2: explode. What Michael's saying is she's so much less accurate with her machine
0: gun leg. No, what I'm saying because is she's that, been walking on it. No, no, no. What I'm saying <laughs> is that for them to cut off Rose McGowan's beautiful leg <laughs> and turn it into a fucking machine gun really pissed me off because I like her legs. Okay. In I the words that. of
1: Bruce Willis's character from that movie, where's the shit? No, I like Tarantino when
2: he's like, uh, and they're calling him right here, Rapist One. Yeah. In the elevator, he's like, I'm going to have to make this Lewis. quick. He pulls his dick out and it starts falling off. He's like, I guess I'm going to have to make this quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, Instead
0: of being like, oh my God, my dick's falling off. It's just- <laughs> this this movie just doesn't do it for me but I I like I like Death Proof more than I like this movie. And I'm just not a fan of Death Proof. It's just Planet
1: Terror is look. I take it for what it is, and it's not a movie I want to watch very, very often. Yeah. I, I don't want to see Planet Terror very often at all. But I take the fun. I try to like Tom Savini plays one of the cops in it, and Tom Savini is a legend in the horror, you know, industry. And, well, he's a makeup artist guy. Well, yeah, he's a legend, right? Yeah. So well, he he fucking he literally played the head of of uh, Betsy Voorhees. Yeah. There you sure. go. See, so that taking things into it, like Tom Savini being in the movie and stuff like that, that just make adds to the fun of what Rodriguez was doing with this grindhouse film.
0: The whole idea behind it was great. Do a grindhouse movie or do two of them, right? With the trailers, with everything. Cause I can remember when I first saw them I'm like, holy shit, are they really doing all five of these fucking things? Yeah. And that, that'd be great. But there did two with the trailers and everything else like that. And, At that time, you know, uh, when when did this come up? 2007. So before that, like Don and Mike used to play the the Grindhouse movie guy voice.
1: Yeah. L. Ray Network.
0: That dude's got the greatest voice on the planet. So when this came out, I'm like, if they got the guy that does the voice for the trailers from the original 70s Grindhouse shit, fuck it, I'm in. And then then I, I saw the, I'm like, which one is it? You know, blah, blah, blah. And Robert Rodriguez, you know... With Rose McGowan. And then I saw Rose McGowan's leg and I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. Machine gun leg, I'm out. And like I, I get it. I get the whole fucking idea behind it. I'm just out because... He's
2: out. I'm out. He's fucking out. Is Machete sp- supposed to be the same character as in... Uh Desperado and Once Upon a Time. I think that that was
1: an influence on technically, yeah. Technically, the same guy. Yeah,
0: yeah. Without me knowing, or his brother, or you know, a
1: clone, whatever. Right. But yeah, it's. it's Did you know that Raúl Julia was originally going to play the main villain in Desperado, but he died? Mm -hmm. Well,
2: that could have been good. He was going to
1: play Bucho, and he did not because. So, uh,
2: did we already talk about this? Uh, I brought up Raúl Julia last week, but I know you did. I remember. Yeah. I like Raul, uh, Raul Julia. Yeah. Uh so uh the uh, who is Darkman? Um, Dark Man? No. That's a great movie. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. Who is uh uh we're, Kaiser Sose? We're on Pulp Fiction now. Okay. Uh the guys that wear the black suits.
1: Oh um you're talking about Jules and and um Jules and uh, oh god damn it! It's it's uh
2: it's Vincent
1: uh, yeah Vega. V- yeah, v- v- you know what v- 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 Tarantino
2: v- 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 wanted to do more than anything else? He wanted to do a Vega movie. The brother, the Vega brothers. But they got too old. He's like, I don't know how I I, w- I yeah, don't know. Michael how do Madsen
1: it has not aged well at all. That guy looks like he's falling apart. It was supposed to be called the Fabulous Vega Brothers. Yeah, and,
0: is that what it is? And it was supposed to take place in Amsterdam.
1: <laughs>
0: that's where we learn royal about the Royale cheese. cheese. What would they be doing?
1: Did you know that Taron or uh, Travolta in a mo- in the movie called per- From Paris with Love orders a Paris or er, orders a par- orders a Royale with cheese? Does he? Yes.
2: Is that the one where he is like a badass and yeah, he's got a cocaine falling out What's of that? the ceiling and he's catching it yeah. in a vase?
0: Is that the one where we don't care about John Travolta being an action film star? Right. Uh, oh, that's the other ones that he's done
1: as well. Yeah. It was it was cool at the moment when it came out. Did well we saw it didn't we see No we, it came out in 2009. I saw that at the drive in. No, nine? No. Yeah, was nine it? or nine or ten. And ten might be ten. Yeah. So yeah, nine or ten, I told you. Because I, I saw
0: this I saw that we I thought we watched this together. Why no. the fuck did I think that? Fuck it. This movie You went all the way over too. to fucking Highway 50 to watch that movie? Well, I, I mean I lived in the North Highlands. Oh, okay. so I yeah. I still you, live in North Highlands. You don't Highlands. go that far. Yeah. yeah. Why not? That's a great fucking theater to go to.
1: Or oh, I, I, I Right saw, now, they aren't playing any good, decent shit at all. But They Halloween, still are fucking operating? Well, they're playing the... Yeah, oh, yeah. The West Wind is, is... Dude, especially during COVID. Holy shit, they're doing hand I, over fist. I saw Pitch Black there, and I
2: <laughs> and I couldn't see shit. It was like a full moon, and we were well, like, what's happening? It's Pitch Black.
1: I mean, guess, it's called Pitch Black. What do you expect? It's Guess be dark. what the well, second what the movie fuck? was that All man? you saw was Vin Diesel's eyes. Guess what the second movie was. Uh, Boys in the... <laughs> tank Girl. Pitch Black and Tank I, Girl. I think so. I saw Tank I want to say yes. I saw Tank Girl at the drive-in. I did. Like I always remember fucking Ice-T dressed up it, as a it kangaroo. It tripped me out to think that Pitch Black is that old, because we're going back into the 90s Pitch Black now. came out in 99. Kangaroo uh, came out in like 94.
2: Okay, so maybe that, that, that wasn't what it was.
1: No, it could have been, because at the time, mm-hmm. Drive-Ins used 95. to combine old mov- older movies with newer ones sometimes.
2: Yeah, I swear to God awesome. I saw Pitch Black there. What year did that come out?
1: Pitch Black came out in 99. Uh, yeah, pretty much the end of 99. No shit? Yeah. Uh, February of or
2: 2000. Yeah,
1: February. sorry. God.
2: Yeah. The Matrix has failed me. Why? Because
0: they're crossing. I can't get a timeline going anymore. So, if, well, if we go with movies released in 2000,
2: you know. I don't know why I would have been I own half there. Those movies I don't, don't know why I would have been there Duty. in 2000. I could have swore it was Pitch Black, though. We we're like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Pitch Black, bring it on. Pitch the Black dope. came
0: out at the same time that Boiler Room did. <laughs> Ro- Romeo Must Die. Romeo X-Men. Must
2: Die. I never saw that. Jet Li, okay. a- Aaliyah. Isn't Oldman in that? The replacements. Uh, or no, I'm uh, thinking of Romeo's bleeding. Romeo, You're thinking of the professional. Yeah, Romeo.
1: Romeo's bleeding was, was was done with um, not Julia Ormond. Um, oh God, I know her fucking name. What is it? Romeo's bleeding
0: is '93. Why do I think that that does have Gary Oldman in it?
1: I can't think of her name. It right does, right does have Gary Oldman. I want to say Olen.
2: I saw the. We went and saw a Casino, and the poster for that. I've seen this
0: movie.
1: I saw it too. Is
0: yeah. it good? It's interesting. Yeah, he's yeah, a revengeful. It's fucking right? Gary Oldman, man. Right. It's Gary it Oldman nineteen ninety-three. Yes. Is it yeah, good? It's good. Look at that. There. There's your there's your answer. I'd buy that for a dollar. There you go.
1: Look at that. She's got why are you wearing that? Because
0: why not? It right? sells
1: movie tickets. It
2: fits. Right. Fits good.
1: I bet her Romeo's bleeding.
2: <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> Boo. Hey, thanks for taking us there. Thanks for
1: <laughs>
0: ruining that. Boo. <laughs>
1: Well, you, are you saying you never earned your Red Wings? Uh, gone in 60
0: seconds. I have a story, but it's so fucking horrible. Final destination. That's what it? we're
1: here for. It's microphone therapy. It?
0: Um, we're so, at an hour
2: 40, so... so just uh, tell the story and we'll gonna, done. So this is graphic as fuck. So I have a thing with... I had a thing with blood. Okay. Like, you show me blood, I pass out. You stick a needle in my arm to draw blood, I pass out. Okay. So I, I was with this girl. So I get her up
0: to my mom's house. <laughs> Hold on, hold on. Use the term red wings if you are yeah. going with... Did you get your wings? I'm going to tell you. All right, so use use euphemisms or let, whatever they are.
2: Let me tell you how I got over the blood thing. So we're doing what <laughs> men and women Comes do. Comes
0: naturally. And it, this is going... Like, this may
2: not be natural. This is back when... This, this is going on forever and Worst ever. Was the Vlad depish And ever. And she passes out and the sun is coming up now
1: and she starts
2: to no, no, no. smoke she's no no <laughs> no I wanted to smoke no he he no, started to smoke
1: like like the sunlight
2: i go outside i go outside my my parents had a house and then the, there was like a they called it the office but there was like a fold out bed in there and all that mm-hmm. no one's there it's just her and i for some reason we're out there so I walk outside, the sun's coming up, I light a cigarette, and I'm like, that was awesome. And all oh, this is like 2009, right? Mm-hmm. So the sun's coming up, it's like that orange color, and now you can see things. And I turn around in the reflection of a sliding glass <laughs> door,
1: just like this. Here it comes, here Listen, it comes.
2: Listen, I am covered from blood from here <laughs> to here. And I mean like a fucking crime scene. <laughs> I'm like, like it's in my chest hair yeah. and I'm like, oh <laughs> I just killed Sharon Tate. And I never had a problem with blood after that. And it's not because I killed her.
0: <laughs> well, you killed it. I'm sure you can imagine. You killed it. I'm you sure killed you can imagine it,
2: uh, why. You
0: slayed
1: yeah. that shit. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so go. I was like, I think I'm good. There's worse. Yeah. I've I've
1: experienced worse than
2: that. I didn't we were so fucked up I had no idea. <laughs> Mike <laughs> doesn't want me to go don't, there.
1: Don't get into the fucking
0: <laughs>
2: don't, admit anything, are, don't admit anything. Don't admit anything when the FBI
0: shows up. We we are at 142. Okay. So don't get any fucking ideas of long stories Make in your fast. head. Yeah. We we need to wrap.
1: I'll just say that one time I stuck it in <laughs> and I felt something poking me back. <laughs> Ow. <sighs> And are you serious? And it created a stank oh. that turned me off from that for a very long time. That's
0: awful. And we'll get into that story the next time. Fuck. I think what? that's a perfect segue to just end. Yeah. End with everything right now. Let's just let's just, let's just leave let's, let's just stop. Let's just leave let's leave on a high note. Feel shame. <laughs>
1: It wasn't a baby,
0: I'll tell you that. Well, it
1: was a different kind of baby. Hold on, let's just
0: leave it on a high note. Shut up. Don't say anything.
1: Leave leave them wanting more. Yeah. I'm still trying to get the smell out of my nose. Out of your mouth? (laughs) No. I will draw the line with that. I'm not not that German.
2: Peace on you. Good night.
1: (laughs) the fuck is wrong with German people?